my name is Stuart Alsop, and this is my podcast, Crazy Wisdom, where I interview creative people about how they work with and manage the stress that is inherent in creative work. What I've realized over the past 10 years of my research is that anybody who is creating something of value that is significantly different from what has come before is considered crazy. Most of us have a fear, an ingrained fear of going crazy. Uh, so what I'm saying is grab onto that fear, realize that it's there, and just go with it because the problems we're going to be facing over the next 20 years require crazy people in order to solve them. everyone. My name is Stuart Alsop and this is the show Crazy Wisdom. Um, my guest here is Howard Teich. He is a Jungian archetype therapist um, and uh, analysis and uh, we're going to get into the work that he does and how it applies to the relationship between stress and creativity, how it pe frees people up from stresses that they face and makes them more creative, allows them to tap into the inner sources of creativity inside them. Uh, so it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Howard, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what you do? Sure. It's an honor to uh, be talking to you, Stuart. Um, I, I've been a, uh, I call myself an archetypal psychologist uh, for about 45, 50 years, mostly in San Francisco in a private practice, um, individuals, couples, groups, done some writing eventually. Um, but when I got out of graduate school, I got interested in dreams. And, and if you're interested in dreams, this was in my early 30s, um, you, the only person I feel is really interesting to study is Jung. So not only did I study and read Jung, but I went into analysis with some of the world's best Jungians in San Francisco and um, was, it was just the four or five of the most major changing teachers and analysts in my life. And the... Um, uh, I went in for many personal reasons and professional reasons, but in Jungian psychology, the whole theme, and I, I was very successful professionally, but my personal life was uh, complicated and not very happy and depressed and all that kind of evolutionary stuff. And in Jungian analysis, the and, and most Western therapies, most therapies I've discovered, even today when I talk to younger people, uh, for a man to be whole, you have to develop your feminine side. And this was what you know, was one of the major tenets that uh, Jung made a, a big deal about. It's called the anima, the, the soul part of a man. And being in San Francisco during those many years, I went for it more than most heterosexual men ever would. And um, and at, in my late 40s, um, about 15 years into analysis, and I was very successful professionally, I was still having difficulty in personal relationships and depression. And because I had a couple of suicides in my family, my mother had committed suicide and my brother had committed suicide, I had a panic attack that I thought I had a genetic defect because there was no more Jungian analysis to do. I had done the feminine side and all the other stuff. And I really had a pan I really got scared for the first time. I felt like I was stuck and I didn't know what was going to happen. And then I saw a movie that maybe many of your listeners haven't seen called the kiss of the spider woman. It was uh, by Raul. Uh, so a movie with Raul Julia, and William Hurt, who actually won an Academy Award, and it was set in a South American prison cell where two men were locked in the cell, and one was a raging homosexual, um, and the other was a political revolutionary, and they were just the opposites of each other. And they got the movie was about how they got to know each other, care and love each other, and share so much of a thing that. Uh, just happens if you're in a confined space for a period of time. And um, uh, they each died the other one's death. The gay guy died uh, carrying a political revolutionary message. And the straight guy died with a romantic fantasy of being in a rowboat. Mm. And I wondered if they would have been aware that each in their lives had this other side to them, would that have made a difference mm. in how they died? Mm. And um, 
I, the, I, the, it was not clear in the movie who Spider-Woman was, but a Jungian analyst friend of mine had written and studied the Navajos, and I remember she was a figure in Navajo mythology. And so I wrote him, and he sent me back a note that Spider-Woman was another twin heroes. And I had never heard of Twin Heroes. I had studied Joseph Campbell's major work, Hero with a Thousand Faces, and had looked in hero psychology as a man growing up in the 60s, trying to figure out, and in the 70s, uh, totally changing my life and being in San Francisco and really trying to figure out what masculinity was about. Um, and through all the Jungian analysis, um, I never heard of Twin Heroes. And so I started looking it up in a, in mythology books, and I discovered that twin heroes, every single culture had male twin heroes. Mm. And that was shocking to me. Mm. And as it turns out, um, Joseph Campbell wrote a, uh, his famous book, Here with a Thousand Faces, in 1948. And five years earlier, the first thing he ever wrote was actually about the Navajo twin heroes. It was a commentary with some sand paintings in it. And I deeply dived into that. Um, and uh, Joseph Campbell, who your listeners may or may not know, was the one that turned on George Lucas to Star Wars. And at the end of his life, um, Bill Moyer did a series of interviews, which has made him quite famous. He was a mythology teacher at Sarah Lawrence and written many amazing books. Just an amazing scholar in person and used to lecture a lot around San Francisco. And I heard him in person and saw he was just an amazing, one of the, the most remarkable men alive. Mm. And if your readers are not familiar with him, there's a lot of material. Uh, he's kind of getting revived right now. But anyway, so I, I began to try to figure out what did Twin Heroes mean? Because it was not quick, it was not clear in the stories. And here I'm struggling with my identity and trying to figure out what happens. And so I deeply dived into reading these different myths from these different cultures. And um, it wasn't getting very far, but I, I intuitively knew I was onto something. And um, I started feeling better. And so I wasn't under some traumatic stress uh, that I had been under in depression, uh, really lost. Um, and I, I, I came across a, the, the Mayan story of the twin heroes called the Puplabu, which is their creation story. And by that time, I had begun to realize that male twin heroes are the creation structure of all mythologies and Western culture. Romulus kills Remus. And I have never been a mythology person. Uh, this stuff I figured out through my own identity and survival. Mm-hmm. And it's, but I, so I knew that the only culture that the twins where one had killed the other was Western culture. Mm-hmm. And I, I just had noted that. It sounds and, like um, well. well, they're brothers. Mm-hmm. Jacob and Esau in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm were twins. And I I make that kind of distinction because as I'll share in a moment, twinning, the understanding twinning is the basis of a revolution in creativity that's about to emerge Mm -hmm. through many people your age and your contemporaries Mm -hmm. because it's the basis of quantum consciousness. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that, but I, I read the story of the Mayan twins and in that story, um, the Mayan twins uh, had to, made too much noise on the ball court, and the lords of the underworld uh, were annoyed and bothered by them. And uh, they were called down to the underworld to battle uh, and play a ball game down there, and the lords of the underworld were laughing at these jokers mm. who uh, thought they were so hot and could do whatever. So they take them down to the underworld. They actually defeated the lords of death. Mm. And that was, but they realized they were mortals and they had to jump into a fire. And uh, one was born as the sun and one was born as the moon. And at that point, I realized I had this intuitive, creative flash that the male moon hero, which I had never, by that time I knew that there were male moon heroes, but I never realized that that was the masculine, that was the masculine side of men that's been mislabeled the feminine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that when Romulus kills Remus, um, what gets killed is the lunar masculine archetype. And so that's this twinning story, which then I could see in every culture, 
had, including Jacob and Esau. And I think it's it's very interesting that there's a lot of brother brother myths, mm-hmm. and but every culture has a twin male sto- hero story if you look for it, and people are not used to looking for it, so they don't see it. So I wanted to kind of make that distinction because they have a different function in the creative structure of the psyche for a man mm-hmm. that there are these twin heroes, and one is the sun god. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the sun hero, the logic, goal direct, and the other is the emotional intuitive. Mm. And that if you don't label it by gender, you access a part of masculinity and creativity that's changed my life. And many people I've worked with have been able to do this reorientation that opens up an energy within your gender. And the same thing in women's mythology. Mm. You don't see them labeled as twins. You see him as sister, sister, and mother, daughter. Uh, however, one is the sun goddess, and one is the moon goddess. And the sun goddess, part of the feminine, has been mislabeled the masculine side of women. And this is a huge confusion. And I'm still, you know, I'm no longer surprised because I talk to people, younger people, all the time. And it's my first question. Do they still talk about the feminine side of a man? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm working with an 18-year-old, very young, uh, you know, 18-year-old young man. And he's too afraid. He's very related. And he's too afraid of being too close and getting because he's he's called queer. Mm-hmm. And so this whole gender reorientation not only dealt with my, it actually changed my whole life, opened up a level of creativity that I'm still at the beginnings of understanding. So your topic of stress and creativity, uh, this was revolutionary for me. Mm. And with so many of the people I work with, that's what we talk about. And I've seen what's happened to this paradigm shift of uh, there's so much stress around identity and gender and sex and all that kind of stuff uh, that if you start with understanding that you have this wholeness within your own gender, whether you're a man or a woman, it gives an opportunity to I'll call it have crazy wisdom, mm. <laughs> crazy in the sense that uh, you get to be sane. Yeah. In yeah, a crazy world. Yeah, and that's part of that's part of the show is that essentially uh, crazy wisdom is that type of wisdom that you get from that intuitive crea- creativity that you're talking about the the, the access to the immediate imminent uh, uh, creative forces yep. that are that are very intense and lead people to yep. think that they're crazy in a in a crazy world, but actually they're absolutely. So, so your theme of stress, creativity, and crazy wisdom is a summary of my life. Mm, cool. <laughs> honestly, honestly, cool. and I've been at this. I've been at this for um, let's see, uh, uh, thirty years. Let's see, uh, thirty years now, mm. and uh, it keeps evolving. And I keep learning more about it. And uh, just to kind of put this in a very quick perspective that I, in this, I learned that the basis of quantum physics and the basis of quantum consciousness is twinning. Every mm. subatomic particle has a twin. Mm. And, and the wave and the particle uh, are two of the manifestations. So when, you, so when you translate something that's been linguistically caught in a, in a duality of uh, male and female, and you bring it into your own psyche and you revision it, uh, you're actually opening up the quantum energy of the neurobiological part of being human. And if you keep, if you do that and you get into what I call the conscious competency of doing that, it just gives you an opportunity for many creative uh, dynamics and dialogues and ways of looking at uh, issues that are not looked at because the world is caught in binary thinking as opposed to quantum thinking and this black is and white the, thinking. This is interesting. One of my teachers, Christopher Wallace, uh, he is a, a scholar of tantric studies, and so he speaks. Mm-hmm. He speaks and understands, writes, and can read Sanskrit. Uh, and he talks mm-hmm. about one of the, his recent posts was about how essentially um, 
a lot of people now read uh, yogic literature and they say Shiva is uh, Shiva, the, the ultimate god of, of, of mm-hmm, right. is a man and uh, Shakti is a f- woman. Uh, right. So we've, right. We've analyzed these old scriptures under the, the current debate we're having about gender, but it actually, if you go back, the only reason that Shiva is is masculine and Shakti is feminine is because they have a gendered language in the same way that Spanish is, is a gendered right language. Right on. The different, that, and so there Boy, is, that is beautiful. Yeah, so there that is, is actually... That, no, that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. How beautiful. Yeah. Now so, yeah, that's... Taking, mm-hmm. this, taking this gender thing off is revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Because the purpose of one twin killing the other was for power of what the solar masculine logic dominator Mm. and um as that's seen as masculinity rather than also the artist the creator the intuitive Mm. part having as much about masculinity as the solar part so it's revolutionary in the psyche and in people's lives Mm. and it changes the politics Mm. Mm. of a culture so that's so fascinating to what to kind of hear as you start finding people who've done this and artists and creative people live this creativity automatically. They don't think in gender, mm. but for me, who's not an artist, um, and in, if you're a writer, which I've become, uh, you have to really make sure you're not talking in black and white binary language or you're caught in a cultural shadow. Mm. And this is where Jung and even Western psychology I've been lectured at the Young Institutes, and I've been all over, and it's shocking how resistant people are to open up to this, because you will be creative, you won't have the same kind of stress, you'll have other opportunities for creative stress. Mm. But I love the title of your show, Crazy Wisdom, Mm. because I feel like that's what I've learned, how to uh, embrace and go for and be taught by Mm. as a lifestyle. So something really, you talked about dreams when you were first starting talking and I've, I have recently been doing a lot of shadow work. And for those of my listeners who don't know, shadow work is essentially, and maybe you can give a better definition of this, but my, my definition of it is essentially looking at those parts of our, of our being that we closed off because they were too intense, too, too violent, too uh, not acceptable under societal terms and really looking at those parts of our, our being and incorporating mm-hmm. to our lives. What would you what, what would you describe? That's a beautiful definition. No, that that's that that's a, a beautiful definition. I just it's the part of us we don't want to admit mm-hmm. or who we are, that mm-hmm. part, and so we hide it. Mm-hmm. And as one of the main analysts I had, uh, the, he would lecture. Uh, he was actually an analysis with Young. Mm-hmm. I uh, died at 103. He's like his main lectures were the shadows, the pathway to wholeness. Mm-hmm. And so I'm constantly looking at my shadow. I'm addicted to looking at my shadow, honestly. Mm. Mm. So Because I've seen the cost of not looking at it. Uh, torture has cost. Mm. And so I love, your, I love your mindset and your quest. And you're, you're, on, you're on what I call the pollen path in mm. uh, looking for the shadow to bring the light in the darkness Mm. because that's what's hidden in the darkness is the light of mm. uh, the night sea journey. So I'd love to keep talking to you about that. If there's any more you want to talk about, yeah, about so, that. So the, the, I, I had a, I had a dream and, the, and this is, you know, I've been doing shadow work for a long time. I didn't realize that I was doing it, but, but right, I, I've right. started to do it consciously. And about a month ago, I, started, I had this dream where there was this really dark shadowy figure in the dream and um it was in my old old house where a lot of difficult things happen and this 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 shadow just uh, if this dark figure shows up and i can't look directly at it and it seems it it had a it, it seemed like a man uh uh and it was like this really scary mm-hmm. and I, thought, I thought like i was you know i thought i was having this this kind of um ghost or something was showing up in my dreams with this dark malevolent force but then and then i looked up online and and apparently that is a common thing to actually meet your shadow in the dream once you start to it's crucial 
Can you talk it, more? About I would even. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you met your moon god. Hmm. Oh, wow. interesting. Yeah. And the dark shadow couldn't be. You know, one of the things in in, in uh, Paleolithic and Neolithic mythologies is the moon was the main guide because of variations. Uh, it's only in the solar world, but, you know, when they, when nature and agriculture ended and industrialization started, the moon and the sun just became objects rather than guides. Mm. And um, so the uh, moon has uh, phases of the uh, the light moon, the half moon the full moon, the dark moon, and then there's a period where there's no moon called the dark moon. Mm. And when you have the courage as a man to look and see the lunar masculine, and if you call it lunar masculine, and you look back, and I'm not sure how you're working on your dreams, uh, and you see that you met your moon god, then you met the part that Western culture killed Mm. And you have access to the collective unconscious mind. Mm. And so it, it couldn't, for our conversation, mm. and, you know, it couldn't be a better dream, honestly, mm. for her uh, the, uh, to resurrect the male moon god, mm. which is the, you know, Christ, uh, you know, these archetypes, uh, like Christ was uh, Easter time, Christ is born with the sun god. The sun and dies and is resurrected around Easter time, which is always uh, around the full moon, around the moon mm. cycle. So you basically met your dying and your resurrecting uh, energetic archetypal spirit of the male moon god. Mm. And since most of our shadows come from our old homes and houses, mm. uh, you've opened up the door to a revolution. Mm. That sounds really cool. So can we go through your process, uh, knowing what you know about me from that? Sure. Uh, can you take me through what you do? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. That, they, so um, so one, of the, one of the biggest tortures that I had been tortured by, stressed mm. out, low self-esteem, self-doubt, uh, was no, um, I couldn't figure out why I was chronically disappointed. Mm. Um, and uh, finally, through many, much, much of this and that, I figured out that, um, that I had an expectation I wasn't meeting. Mm. And so I was chronic and I was unconscious because I'm not really a perfectionist. Um, and I was unconscious that I, every, almost everything that I did I um, was comparing unconsciously against some perfectionistic or heroic, solar light heroic accomplishment. And, and I was just chronically disappointed. So I eventually figured out there's four steps. And uh, let me take you through them. And um, we don't, and, and I realized that what was really creating most of the stress and low self esteem. And no matter how successful I was, and by that time I'd even learned the solar lunar stuff, mm-hmm. uh, so I was having you know really great relationships. My whole life had changed mm-hmm. to integrate this part of, of my my uh, dark shadow, mm-hmm. really, and not label it feminine and all that. Um, so, but you don't know when you have an expectation. If, you know, I didn't know because they're so brainwashed into us, the cultural expectations and gender expectations. So first step, it, there's four steps that I practice as a waking meditation. When I feel a negative feeling, let, let me run through them, and then we'll go through a personal yeah. one if you want to expose it. And maybe some of your listeners might actually do this on paper or inside. Uh, the first thing you have to notice is a negative feeling, which is pretty easy for us to notice. Yeah. Second step is ask, your unconscious mind, what the expectation is that's creating that negative feeling. Third step is image burning up, and it's got to be done in an image because the mind thinks in pictures, not words. Image burning up the expectation and listen to the first intuition thought that comes afterwards and grab it 
And the fourth step is do something with it, embody it, write it down, say it out loud, draw it, dance it, paint it, do something or choose not to do anything with it. Um, so first step is, let me just go this, through this because I'm going through this pretty quickly and maybe some of your listeners um, uh, might want to, you know, just make sure that if they're interested, the first step, notice the negative feeling. Second step, ask the expectation that's creating the negative feeling. Once you get that, which you'll get almost right away, image, burning it up in a pinwheel of fire and notice your first intuition, emotion, um, thought, whatever it might be, grab it. And fourth step is do something with it. Write it, dance it, sing it, or choose not to do anything. It's an action item. Mm. So, so let's take, let's take, uh, is there a negative? You can say this out loud. If, yeah, if I, I'm, I'm cool with sharing it. I've, uh, I've got a, a pain in my jaw and my throat that showed up immediately once you mentioned the first, first step. And that pain in the jaw is related to a period of time where I, where I went to a dentist and I got Invisalign braces and uh, I'm just going to, it's a complicated story, but I got, I got, uh, no, no, take your time because it's important. Yeah. So I got Invisalign Keep going. And, and Invisalign braces are these 3d modeled, uh, braces. And because they're not traditional braces, uh, they're not regulated in the same way. So dentists can prescribe them. The issue is that dentists don't really know how to move teeth. So if they don't know how to move teeth, they take the impressions of your teeth and then they send, uh, they send these impressions to a 3d technician in Mexico who also doesn't really know how to uh, move teeth. And so he plugs them into the model and then the computer spits out a, a, a 3d, um, uh, model that will sequentially mm -hmm. move your teeth in a, in a way. And so this guy basically moved my teeth in the wrong direction. And it was a very painful experience for about two or three years. Um, and, wow. uh, and, and, and totally, you know, tore through my entire life and, and I was bedridden for, for a couple of months because the pain was so bad. And I oh finally, my God, Stuart. Oh. How so long ago was this? Uh, this was, I got him off probably about two years ago now, and it's been, it's been about two years recovery from it. I'm just now getting to the point where I'm getting back to the same energy levels. And, and, um, wow. Yeah. This is, uh, so let me, let me ask you, um, um, what, um, if, if you would say there's what, what one or two psychological costs was this torture that's still hanging around? What was the cost of it? Psychologically, yeah. What is self-esteem or motivation, energy? Energy. You said energy. Yeah, energy. Energy, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let, let's go, okay, so um, let's, go, let's go over this. So the, the negative syndrome really is more than a, the whole event mm -hmm. is, is the is the negative experience right that's step one yeah step step two what's the expectation that's coded in your unconscious mind that in addition to the physical torture and pain what's the expectation that you have had or still have yeah it's this it's this like it's this drive to to uh, yeah, so it's this drive to show the world that I am capable, or that I that I can I can I can do the things that I need to do in order to be successful, or like it's almost it's almost mm -hmm. there's, there's this element of sacrifice as well, which is like I can make these sacrifices in order to prove myself to to society. Mm -hmm. uh, so that seems to be what what's okay. what's driving it. Take the word seems out for our work, okay? That is it. That's the it. You want to claim it. Now, image, burning it up, burning it up, burning it up, burning it up in a pinwheel of fire, and notice your first thought, feeling, intuition, or something, and then let us know when you have that. You might have to do a bunch of burning here, because this is pretty deep character structure work that's helping you become when heroic, particularly now that you met your moon god, but what if you, if you burn up that expectation, what, what are you left with? So it's almost like a quickening in the heart, um, in the chest area. 
Um, okay, you've you've taken the four step. You've said it out loud uh, to me, and let's do it again because this is a deep one. Uh, let's go back and burn that. Is there in that quickening of the heart? Can you describe anything more of that experience of what it, what it, what the emotional experience is right now? Well, it's almost like pain and a little bit of like tear. It's almost like the the the, the start of a, of a little bit of tearing and crying up. Uh, any emotions that's going with that? Any more you want to say about the tears? And you're hopeless to appreciate this level of honesty in your program. What what are the tears about? If the tears had words, what would they be saying? Seems like kind of like a deep sadness. Um, Take the kind of out. I'd be I'd be very picky here because mm-hmm. you want to claim it. If you don't claim it, you won't purify it out of the unconscious. Because the unconscious listens, and if you say the word kind of, um, you'll only get kind of relief. If you claim it, yeah, exactly. And that's kind of your appropriate journey, is to show yourself that you have the courage to be authentically who you are, including tearful. And And still not have that get in the way. That's the lunar masculine, the water god. In the Navajo story, uh, the two heroes are called Monster Slayer, of course, that's the solar hero, and Child Born of the Water, mm-hmm. the moon god, who is the god of water and tears. So this is, I'd say this is part of the man you met in your dream, is the, 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 the water god who's giving you this deep relief from this um, heroic struggle where, because one of the dangers of the solar hero is doesn't allow the lunar hero in for death and rebirth. And because of the torture of this and then the, you know, the mm-hmm. appropriate, I'd say almost everything I do is out of my woundedness to overcome it. Mm-hmm. So the solar hero of overcoming uh, is more than an expectation. It's a, it's a survival instinct. Mm. So what we want to get out of the way is the expectation, not the instinct. Mm. Now, any thought, more thoughts or emotions as I'm talking a little bit more about this? Yeah, more more layers of 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 this pain um, in the in the braces, and then there's also this kind of. Um, Tight, tightness in my lower right hand ribs, which is very common and showed up around the same time as, as I got the braces and the braces started to, uh, and then I started to learn that um, there's this connective tissue in the body called fascia and it connects every part of your body mm-hmm. to every other part of your body. So if you start to move mm-hmm. part of your mm-hmm. body, it's gonna affect other parts. So this, there's this fascial connection between my ribs and my jaw. Mm. Now, can you image burning out uh, the part of the toxins that have, have built up and have come with this right now? Can you picture burning up the parts of this that need to be purified out of your body? Yep. And what, what's that like as you burn it up? And what's, what, what emotion goes with it? Uh, time. Yeah, it's like a, a lightness or almost a sense of peace, like I'm letting go of a burden that I've been carrying for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You'll notice the, I'm using the word emotion, not feeling, or you may not have noticed that. No, I noticed I do it on purpose. Did you? Well, <laughs> sure. So the, the reason I do that, because in Jungian analysis, uh, the feminine side is called the feeling side. And it's pretty much the literature on feeling and emotion is very confusing. Uh, I've read most of it, enough of it. And what I realized is that feelings to develop the feminine side, uh, I was always criticized in my relationships. I didn't have enough feelings. 
something's wrong with you, you don't feel enough, you don't make much. Ultimately, I realized I didn't meet people's expectation, and I felt insecure and inadequate, not because I was, but because I didn't meet their expectations. So eventually, I realized that feelings go with expectations, the way, I, the way I've interpreted it. And emotions go when you don't have an expectation, and you have an experience with the environment, because we are environmental beings. And if you don't have a mind-body split and have an expectation, you have an authentic emotion like you're sharing. The pain is an authentic emotion, not a feeling. Mm. In this. And I think it's important because if you work this backwards um, as a default mechanism, which is what I try to do, going from the negative to really go through a purification process of burning. Um, it's the negative feelings that I want to get rid of the unconscious expectations so that I can be in my creativity and energy and liberation and the way you described that you feel some of that lightness and possibilities. And I, I used, I've used this for 10 years now. It's become unconscious competency, conscious competency. And I really would encourage you because th this is a huge, not just psychological trauma, this is a physical trauma mm. that um, you'll be healing for the rest of your life mm. in ways you don't even know you've been, you know, had to suppress so much mm. to go through this. And many deep emotions can be relieved by a simple, I call it awakened meditation. Um, of um, asking what the negative feeling is and, and uh, the expectation, image burning it up in a pinwheel of fire, listening to the intuition and then claiming it. Um, and I, I'm from having been a very depressed, sad, uh, dis chronically disappointed person, no matter how good my professional life was, and I'm happy, I'm amazingly joyful. Um, excited, ecstatic, feel free, uh, have more energy. I'm 78 years old, which is shocking to me. Mm. And I've got more energy than almost anybody I know. Mm. Uh, and it's, I feel it's because I, I, I found the figure that was in your dream. Mm. The male moon god, which is more than a shadow. There is a shadowy aspect. Mm. But I think you found more than your shadow. I think mm. you found the archetype that was killed in Western culture. Mm. It's so interesting because when I met that that figure, it, it seemed malevolent, like it seemed evil. Um, but well, it, it was in Western in the psyche of Western psyche, it was killed. Mm. So it was they, this figure. It's, it's so threatening to the solar establishment, to the hierarchy, that it's labeled evil. That's one of the functions is good and evil binary thinking. Mm. So, you know, I don't know how old you are, but I, you know, even now I am still shocked that people are brainwashed with good and bad, right and wrong binary thinking. So this energy has been mislabeled by the culture because it doesn't want you to see as that it's the creative liberation and the architect of creativity mm. and, and the ancient alchemy that Jung was a master at understanding. Mm. The lunar mat, this is for men, it's the same thing for women. Mm. The lunar leads, the solar executes. Mm. So as you get access to this and keep finding this mm. treasure uh, inside yourself, that intuition, that insight, and the visioning that goes with it, because it's the the collective unconscious mind is a visionary mind. As you bring that vision forth and use your solar skills to accomplish birthing it, you've become an artist in life. And that's and that's, that's really interesting because the, the, the solar, uh, when I was with these braces and I, was, I had a really, really strict meditation yoga practice where I was practicing like four or five hours a day, I was eating the right things, mm -hmm. I, was, I was like forcing myself even with these braces, I was forcing myself into alignment. And I think without that lunar thing, that softness, right, the, right on. the solar kind of like can, was leading me to, you know, if I continued following that path, I would have been very, very sick. Yeah. 
Um, you would have been crippled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I think this is, this is why this, I, chills are going through my body and talking with you, Stuart, because this is so organic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that you're unconscious. This is the language of the unconscious mind. Mm-hmm. And so the unconscious knows and gave you the guidance to do both and. Mm-hmm. And the culture has called this malevolent and evil. Mm-hmm. And no matter who we are, if something is labeled evil, at least, you know, it's definitely people don't want to face it. But the dream life is setting it up for the win. And now you can really dive into uh, what's called the night sea journey, part of the work, which is to help and uh, have this be a partner. Mm. Cain kills Abel. And it seems like there's an element of trust and also uncertainty. And our society is very, very scared of uncertainty. Um, And this, the only way you can get access to this is if you actually kind of dive into the uncertainty and not really knowing where it's going to end up, but like trusting that it does, it will probably lead you to where you need to go. That trust, mm-hmm. that instinct of trust is the freedom for each one of us as individuals. And, and if enough of us do it, particularly, you know, I, you know, I get the honor of working with individuals of all different ages, but I'm very optimistic. You, people I've met, uh, that I'm learning about uh, on a different quest of brain and not been brainwashed as long mm. as severe in the wall. The world's falling apart and the people mm. are looking for a different story and to go back to nature story of the sun and the moon, mm. which were the, the title of my book is solar light, lunar light perspectives in human consciousness to see that these two guides from nature are there that have only been culturally bastardized and fragmented and to claim those quantum energies, the wave and the particle, uh, forget the gender thing. This is in women, men, kids, animals. This is every single piece of matter mm-hmm. is made up of a wave and a particle of a complementarity. And in ancient Taoism, you see, you know, most people, uh, 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 if they look at the feminine side and the masculine side, they they go to uh, the, the Tai Chi, the symbol, and they say the, the you know the, the you know the Yin is feminine and the Yang is masculine. Well, that was political mm-hmm. when Confucius came in the politics about 200 BC. He took what was really ancient Taoism, which was light and shade, sun and moon, and put gender on it. So if you take the gender off, which I hope you'll make a a meditation practice of, Mm. um, you will be amazed at how quickly uh, this torture, like the tortures I've been through when I finally was able to decode them, have turned into a level of creativity that I couldn't have even imagined it. Mm. And I still, every year, I find I'm interested in something I never even knew I was interested in. And it's because the lunar leads and the solar takes action on it. Mm. When you have a powerful solar ego, ego, healthy ego alliance like you do with the unconscious, Mm. you wouldn't have these radio shows if you didn't have a very powerful solar side. Mm. If you keep, and even the title, you know, you know, lunar is usually looked at as crazy. Mm. The moon, people talk about the moon as crazy Mm. and crazy wisdom. You, you, Totally, your show is a, is lunar, mm. crazy wisdom. That's the lunar archetype, and you have the same you, and you're leading the force for so many of us mm. that to liberate us. So this is just the beauty when you start seeing this instinct and how it's there, whether we know it or not. And you said something really important when you consciously start working on this stuff. You call the shadow the shadow. And you don't see the lunar shadow, but you see the shadow, greed, power, narcissism, uh, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. as the shadow and face the shadow. And you use these uh, nuclear energies, these quantum energies. you got a chance to do an art form mm-hmm. that uh, internally and externally, that if you have the stamina to stay with it, and I can tell you do, mm-hmm. if you have the stamina. 
to get through the torture that you did. You got the stamina for the other side. And that's You're, so interesting set. Now You're set for the big win. <laughs> now I'm starting to get an insight into uh, why the lunar was the lunar mask and was um, uh, destroyed, and it's because of this rise of agriculture and then the most, uh, right. most intense form of agriculture, which is industrialization, which turned everyone into workers, individual workers. And in order to be a worker, you're just executing all the time. No, no, the intuitive. Right. Side. Exactly. Beautiful. Correct. Yeah. Beautifully said, beautifully insight, because every pre-Judeo Christian system has the solar lunar in it. You see it. One of the best examples is Egyptian mythology. They just put it out there that there were twin male and twin female, the sun goddess and the moon goddess, Isis, as a holding the horns. The horns usually represent the lunar, the quarter moon, and inside the moon is the sun. And uh, the, the males, Osiris was the male moon god, the dying and the resurrecting spirit. So if you really trace these, these uh, quantum energies and you don't get caught in the culture's distortion of them, it makes it possible for uh, a freedom that has never consciously existed that I know of. It existed in ancient cultures and secret um, societies, but this is available. It's free. It doesn't matter who you are, what age, what gender, what race, and you get to this nuclear force. It's, it's like discovering what Einstein discovered and what quantum physics is discovering all the time rather than living in a Newtonian physics life. Uh, to live a quantum life and have the energy and beauty and wisdom and all the technology that is available now. Uh, my big passion right now is virtual reality and how to turn this into uh, embedded healing mm. um, because you can only go so far as a therapist. Mm. And I've done, pretty, you know, I've done great and I know how to do it, dot, dot, dot. But in, with virtual reality, the possibilities to re-experience the embedded freedom of the, the solar lunar, of the quantum complementarity of the Tao mm. without the gender. Now, that's pretty cool. Mm. That's pretty, pretty amazing and exciting. And to me, that's the, the biggest guide I can see of why I want to stay healthy and live as long as I can to embody this in, um, in virtual and augmented reality and whatever new thing has come along. Not in ga only in ga gaming, mm. but in actually in practice as a meditation tool and a, a really a, a, not just medit a waking meditation tool, which includes the solar mm. executor, mm. not just the lunar. Mm -hmm. So... Can you talk about more about microdose and and because we originally got connected? Yeah, yeah. So uh, microdose, amazing. Uh, microdose VR. Uh, if you go to YouTube, uh, there's a they've um, you'll see some amazing creative geniuses. There's three right now: uh, Fong, Android, and Scott, who are these amazing. Um, I'd say 40, 32, 35, somewhere, mm. uh, all three of them. Android Jones is an amazing artist. Scott and Fong are just, you know, they just, they're just addicted to evolution and creativity and meditation and consciousness mm. in a way I've never met people who are. And they are technology geniuses. And they are completing their first alpha. Mm -hmm. They've been at it for three or four years. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be out pretty soon. The, the conversation we had with them, my business partner and I, mm -hmm. uh, uh, they're going to be out this spring mm -hmm. or the summer with their first alpha. Mm -hmm. And if you see what they're doing, if you look at the YouTube things they've done in big domes, and I'm now in Los Angeles, and Android Jones, and there's a big dome experience. I think, I think it's called the Wisdom in downtown Los Angeles. I understand there's, well, I, I don't know, they're represented there. Um, uh, and but, but most excited to me is their tools are going to be available to the public 
uh, and virtual reality and uh, and goggles and there are what the when I uh, thank you for reminding me of this because my first experience with virtual reality was with them and after uh, you know my checkered career which I've shared a little bit about uh, the, my last complaint to my last therapist was I'm just gonna I guess I'm gonna have to accept that I'm just detached all my life gonna be all my life. No matter how much therapy I had, I still felt detached. Mm. I went into their experience with their virtual reality. I was with my partner, who's Iranian, who just totally got into it, dancing. And it's with music, it's mm. with imagery, with two wands that you're like are doing an art form that they have just, it's just, I can't even describe it. Mm. You'll see it in their YouTube videos. And I did this for 15 or 20 minutes and I came out, okay, you know, I wasn't dancing like my partner and mm. screaming and shouting. Mm. But I came out and I was no longer alienated it had healed me hmm. now that <laughs> in 15 or 20 minutes yeah. and i this is uh, a year ago hmm. and i'm it's changed my life 15 or 20 minutes oh my god at That's, three you know wow. and this was a demo this isn't even their final product yeah. and this is where they and other technology people are giving all of us an opportunity to not be caught in the binary black and white, good, bad, Democrats, Republicans, mm. this and that, all the kind of binary thinking, because this is the lunar and the solar in technology and gives all of us a chance to do the healing that couldn't have happened as quick as it can now. And anyway, my business partner and I are looking and talking with them about how we're going to use this now that they have a product coming out. But I would really encourage your listeners and you know, some people will be hearing these, your podcast down the road. It'll be out. Don't miss an opportunity to uh, experience them and what they do. There's other people, uh, but I know I'm biased. Mm. They're like amazing. Their tools are amazing. And honestly, it healed me. Mm. And I didn't, I just had to accept it. And I was more engaged than most people through all learning about the lunar but uh, there's something in this that's revolutionary and that's microdose VR that's really it's so exciting and this is where I uh, met your friend that introduced us and this is beyond exciting for me too Stuart to meet you and to talk to you and see this amazing you know stress creativity and crazy wisdom that's my life <laughs> it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty uh, that's why I chose it it's just like such a broad. I mean, everybody experiences stress and everybody's creative. So everybody can add something interesting to say that I can learn about. Yeah. So, yeah. But thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate all the wisdom you shared. <laughs> I really appreciate Total joy. Those four steps that are really important. Um, so I'll, I'll make sure to, 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 to send this out to everyone and, and I really appreciate it. My joyful pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning into the show. If you liked it, please go ahead and find us on iTunes or Spotify and hit the subscribe button. I'll publish each episode by Monday morning before your commute, so make sure to check in then. And this is a reminder to just own your crazy because the challenges that this world will be facing over the next 100 years will require us to think way outside the box. As Hunter S. Thompson said, when the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. Thanks, have a great day.